this is Thoughts Become Things. With each episode, we'll help you reach the highest creative potential that God has for you. With your host, a teacher, life coach, a dream coach, and motivational speaker, Jeremy Lopez. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I'm Jeremy Lopez, and as always, I'm always thrilled and honored to be with you guys today. You know, we have so many emails that come through the ministry, like every day, of people who are blessed by the ministry, whether it's the books or the prophetic words, prophetic readings, you know, the podcast, um, wow, my Instagram live, my Facebook live, I mean, all these things. And I'm so honored that people are so blessed by these things. You know, one of the things that I feel like God's put in my heart for years and years is not being afraid to say things that some people in church you know don't want to say it's not the fact they don't want to say it it's the fact that maybe they don't know to say it maybe they don't know any difference from just what is coming out of the pulpit but i'm not afraid or embarrassed to be able to bring things such as law of attraction you know a lot of times people say law of attraction okay that's a turn off for me because quote unquote it's not biblical you know and then others people say man it jeremy explains how biblical it is you know the key thing about life is the truth is, with our lives, is we do attract into our lives what we think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And one of the original languages actually says, and so is it, which means so is your world. So is your life. You know, when people talk about lifestyle, law of attraction sets in motion your lifestyle. Think about that. Your mind of how you think and, and how you see yourself, how you view yourself, and really basically how you are. That tells me your lifestyle because the style of your living will automatically be carried out through what you think. You know, the Bible says um, uh, man looks on the outside, God looks on the heart. And that's so true because God can see on the inside to know how to sh- see exactly what's navigating out of you of how your what direction life's going to go, how your life's going to go, what direction's going to go. Because what you put into your heart... And what you allow to manifest in your thoughts, what you allow to manifest in you. Here's a great, great rule of thumb is if you think about the fact of manifestation and, and trying to find who you are in this world, you know, as if you're as if somewhere you're outside of yourself trying to find yourself, which is totally not right, totally not biblical. That's just some religious stuff, but it's not biblical because you should know who you are because you already are who you are. <laughs> what is in your heart and who you are inside just maybe needs to be adjusted or come to the come to the surface. Awakening basically means when you have come to the place where you have awakened through hard times, hardship, going to the fire, for lack of better words, going through hell and back, right? Going through situations that make you recalculate your mind to rethink, 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 restructure, to see it from a different angle, to see it from a different point of view. That's basically what we talk about when we deal with law of attraction because we're dealing with how you see yourself, what you have awakened to. Your style of living will go ahead and match that. Your style of living is letting me know how you see yourself, how you see other people, how you see God, how you think the world you know runs. Think about it. How you think the world runs uh, is basically your attraction because it's how you run. It's think of it this way. When people say, well, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. What they're really saying is inside, I view life and, and the world as bad. I view everything around me as bad. 
But yet they could think themselves they're good. But yet if you think about that polar opposite of I'm good, but everyone else is bad. I don't trust everyone else. Then what you're really saying is eventually you will see yourself the same exact way. You'll get to where you won't even trust yourself because my goodness, if they're messed up, I must be going the same direction, right? And so your lifestyle really does truly back up how you see your world, how you see your life. So if you are prophetically uh, attracting right now because you're seeing life as being bad and evil and wrong and no one's good and everyone's out to get me. If you see your life that, trust me, the style of your living will detour. The style of your living will detour to match that because you cannot think everybody's bad and have tons and tons of amazing friends that are healthy for you. You just can't because eventually, eventually that time frame of having amazing people will eventually run out because your mind and how you see yourself and how you view your world eventually will run out because it'll begin to keep up with what you're starting this new trend. And think about this way. The world has new trends. What's the style for this year? Green is out. Blue is in. You know, short dresses are out and long dresses are in. Short hair is in. Long dress. You know, no matter how you see the world, there's trendiness. There's trends all over. And yet the world itself can prophesy to us by letting us see the fact that there's trendiness. There's things that go in and things that go out. How much more is that is that prophetically to us that out with the old, in with the new? Because we really should do that. If you have a foundation that is constantly growing and evolving into something because you see life and you see it more abundantly and you see where people, there are a lot of people in your life that you feel are good and you can trust them and, and, and you because you trust yourself and you and you and you love your neighbor and you go the extra mile for your neighbor and you believe God by favor, you know, that you're going to find what it is you're looking for and you're going to, you know, um, see the life as the glass half full and not half empty, then guess what? Your life, yeah, sure, it's going to bring some trials and tribulations. Sure it will. But your life will eventually match that. It's like keeping up with the Joneses. Before long, it'll start keeping up with the Kardashians. It'll start keeping up with how you're seeing the new trend or the new pattern within your brain. That's just how it is. And so eventually it will catch up with you. Now, when we say this, I come from a place today of something very interesting. I want to talk about in the Bible, James chapter 4, verse 17. It's really cool. And what I want to call today, basically, is what you attract by your conviction. What you attract by your conviction. Now you might say, what on earth does that mean? Well, let's read James chapter 4, verse 17. First of all, it says this. So whoever knows to do what's right for them and fails not to do it, for him it is wrong or it is a sin. So whoever knows what's right to do of what they know is right for them, for them it's sin or for them it's wrong. Now you might think, okay, what does that scripture have to do with law of attraction? It has everything to do with law of attraction. Because what the scripture here, first of all, is saying is this, is when you know your life, because you have to know yourself, and I want you to think about this for a moment, when you begin to know thyself, when you know yourself and you know your boundaries and you know what is right and wrong for you and you understand what the verse is saying by knowing what is right and wrong for you. Notice I'm going to emphasize in big bold capital letters for you. The problem with preachers today is this, is the Bible talks about something really cool and that is the Bible says preach preach Christ and him crucified. Preach the kingdom. Christ, you know, preach Christ and him crucified. The reason why most people 
don't come to church is because they don't because pastors don't know how to be able to adhere towards this verse. Instead, they preach their conviction. Well, if it's wrong for me, that means it's got to be wrong for you. Not always. Not the case at all. You have to begin to look at life and reality to see people that don't know their boundaries and people that don't know what's right and wrong for them. It's like someone, for example, saying, you know, I've been eating sugar, but I've been feeling lethargic. I've been I've been craving water at nighttime. I've been, you know, all the other stuff. Well, guess what? When they don't understand what diabetes is, and they don't understand the fact that maybe they could be diabetic, guess what? Before long, they could go comatose. They could get in a coma state and because their body can't handle it. But once you know the truth and say, wow, you know what? I went to the doctor. I found out that I am diabetic. I, you know, so I need to get on medication or believe God for healing or whatever the, or change my diet. Whatever the case may be, once you know the answer is the truth and you realize what has been okay for you in the past because you didn't know and you moved in ignorance of it, guess what? That could have killed you. <laughs> that could have put you into a coma, right? And so, when you understand on anything, on any level of your life, when you don't understand through ignorance, what you're saying is you don't know your boundaries simply because you haven't tested the waters to really see what's real. When you go to the doctor and he says, this is what's good, this is what's good, this was this is what's good, this is one thing that's bad for you, you need more water, you're borderline diabetic, or you're, you know, you need to lose weight, or whatever the case may be, all right, whatever the case may be, or you know what, you're allergic to this and this and this and didn't know you were allergic to it. The moment we, we awaken to the revelation of truth, and the answers we're looking for, then all of a sudden, guess what? We can create boundaries and therefore we understand what is right for us and what is wrong for us. And we understand what we can do, what we can do and what we can't do now. And guess what? That truth sets us free because now we no longer move in ignorance. Now we move into a knowledge that can save us and give us a longevity of life and change our lifestyle of how we're eating and change the lifestyle of how we're thinking or whatever the case may be in your situation. So when you see that, you realize how does it line up with law of attraction? Good question. The moment you begin to create boundaries for your life because you know thyself, all of a sudden you begin to realize you'll know automatically what is right for you. And it, what's right for you doesn't mean it's right or wrong for somebody else. When preachers begin to preach their conviction according to what's right or wrong for them, then they move into error. Oh, that's right. Jeremy said it. Then they move into error. You're never supposed to preach anything, the Bible says, outside of Christ and Him crucified. You're never supposed to preach anything on your conviction. Why? Because if you sit here, from, and I'm going to be very honest with all of you. Now, some of you today might be saying to yourself, well, you know what? You know, uh, I don't believe in drinking as a Christian. You know, well then if it's your conviction and you really believe in your heart it is, you better stay to that conviction and let no man sway you from that. But it's wrong for you to put that across other people who let's say could be really powerful, strong, spirit-filled Christians, loving God, and man, they, I mean, they're like per perfect down to the T. I mean, as far as like, man, we only listen to Christian music, we only do this, and we don't, you know, dress provocative, or we don't watch rated R movies, whatever the case may be for you, not putting legalism on you, but whatever is your conviction, you stick with that like glue. And don't let anyone sway you from that. Because you, you've learned to understand your knowing yourself means you know what hinders you, what troubles you, what triggers you. You know what's good for you and you know what keeps you on the straight and narrow path, for lack of better words. So when we deal with alcohol, for example, well, you know what? If you have somebody who's strong in the Lord and the power of God's might and you're in their Holy Ghost field and they're full of, you know, wanting to do what's right and yet maybe their husband and, and, and you know, and her or her and her husband, whatever, they go to dinner and they have a glass of wine every once in a while. Well, guess what? You might look at that and say, oh, Christians don't drink. No, hold on, stop. First of all, the Bible never says you can't drink. Not true. Second of all, you have to remember that that's a tricky subject. You know, alcohol can be a very, uh, 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 
how can I say this, very touchy subject because a lot of people believe it's a perfectly fine, a lot of people believe it's perfectly wrong. The idea is not to preach about it because you feel like it's wrong for you. That's not fair to do to other people. And what you're doing is when you're preaching to something, somebody else, and once again, alcohol is just, just an example, trust me guys. It's just an example of so many thousands of things in this world. And no matter what, it, it might be for you, I don't want to watch rated PG-13 movies. It might be for you, I don't want to watch rated R movies. It might be for you to say, hey, PG-17 or 13 or rated R, hey, that don't bother me because I know they're not real or I know they don't affect me. And whatever the case may be for you, doesn't mean that you've got to put that upon other people because what you're doing is you're basically saying, Holy Spirit, you're not good enough to do your job, so move out of the way, let me do it for you because obviously you don't know how to do what you do and do it right. And that sounds a little borderline horrible, does it not? I think the scripture says it's almost blaspheming the Holy Spirit, right? But the moment you begin to portray your conviction upon somebody else and you you sort of make them adhere towards a right and wrong rule of thumb according to the Bible because it's wrong, then guess what you're doing? You're preaching to them something that the Holy Spirit has either A, never convicted them of yet, or B, it's not their time to be convicted, or C, it may never be their conviction. Maybe the Holy Spirit may never convict them. So it's where we go back and say, hey, focus on your own salvation with friend trembling, right? And so when we look at this, a part of life, we say, so when we deal with law of attraction, how is it, how is it connecting to this verse? Because when you know your boundaries according to what you know is right and wrong for you, then guess what? Then you will strongly begin to attract into your life the things that you know is good for you, that you know is healthy for you, what you know is the right way of thinking for you. You, and then you will attract into your life like a magnet because we do attract because we are magnets to creation. We are magnets in this world because as a man thinketh in his heart, what so is his life. And, and, and it goes on further. And one in, in the main um, writings of Hebrew, it actually deals with a lifestyle, which you think begins to create your lifestyle. How you see life creates your lifestyle. How you believe can create your lifestyle, good, bad, or ugly. So sometimes when you look at yourself and you say, woe is me, or you look at yourself and say, praise God, I have a great life, or woe is me, I have a bad life, you need to take a look in the mirror to realize it's because of the way that your life has been conduced, or, or we could say it this way, reduced, <laughs> maybe according to thinkings that you should be thinking. Or maybe it's maybe um, induced in the sense of, you know, a lot more by thoughts you should not be thinking, right? And so you need to begin to understand that your life is sort of triggered by how you think and how you see the world. We hear people say, and of course, as a, as a, as a, as a professional life coach, a counsel, a counselor, you know, a doctor of theology, I have no problem with letting people understand and know that, look, what are triggers? I work with people every day with triggers. What is a trigger? You could be having a conversation with somebody and having a great, pleasant conversation. All of a sudden, someone says something, let's say, about um, spanking their child. And all of a sudden, it could trigger in you because maybe you wouldn't spank as a child. Maybe you were beaten. Maybe you really were physically abused by your father or mother, and yet even the simplicity of someone saying, you know, yeah, I had to spank my daughter last night. She acted up. I had to spank my son last night. You know, spare the rod, spoil the child mentality. And it could trigger something in you, and you could get, like, emotionally upset and say, oh, my God, how do you do that? That was happening to me when I was a kid. But we're different, talking about two different translations of two different people's uh, terminologies of spanking their children, right? And so 
if someone is going to be triggered by that, then we know their lifestyle actually is part of the triggering process of what happened to them as a kid. So we know that there's things in their life, just like our lives, that they seem to work, work out and work through. So guess what it does? It even triggers alter your lifestyle and it alters how you are attracting bad or good things in your life. Now we could go back to the question, the age-old question when we were kids, and that is, well, did we attract being beaten? No, we didn't. Life just happens, right? Things just happen, unfortunately, in this world. And so, you know, when you begin to come into that place of awakening and knowledge of knowing your boundaries as you begin to grow and evolve into, you know, teenagers and everything, you begin to develop into being an adult. So you sort of have this idea of being more in charge of your life, of what you like and what you don't like. Then all of a sudden everything begins to come into play where you truly do begin to attract right and wrong in your life, right? You can't expect a child to know because a child doesn't understand. A child doesn't know because his mind or her mind is still being developed by not just right and wrong thinking, but developed by people. And so the child within itself, if you think about it, doesn't know how to truly awaken in a memory or awaken in a thought outside of I want candy or I don't want to eat my dinner mentality. They don't know the, the basics of life in order for them to attract things into their life, good or bad. You don't, you never look at a three-year-old child and, and that child, three-year-old child is sitting here saying, hey, you know what? I hate you because, you know, you cheated on so-and-so and then you, you know, you know, 15 times 15 is this amount of money, this amount of thing. And then you went and robbed a bank over here and then you did illicit drugs. I mean, think about a three-year-old child has no. A three-year-old child be like, "What on earth did you just say?" <laughs> We're like, "I don't understand what you just said." Right? So they can't really fully think for themselves because they don't know how to, because their minds haven't been developed yet. So there's no attraction there at the, at a young age because they don't understand. They don't realize exactly. So there's not an attraction there. There's their their magnet is still being trained to know how to think in life. That's why the Bible says to train up a child in the way they should go. That when they get old, they won't depart from it. If you train up a child in the right way, as far as being an entrepreneur or maybe um, learning to be a leader, being authentic to them through themselves, learning to love all people, whatever the case may be, then guess what? You're formulating their magnet to be attracting the good things of their life. But at the end of the day, as they get older, it's going to be up to them to be their own magnet as they get older, right? So go back to the verse. So what's wrong for me might not be wrong for you. So what I'm attracting into my life according to my boundaries of what I know works for me is great. But if I put that upon you to say, you know what, you better quit doing this and you better stop doing this because basically what I'm trying to say is my conviction should be your conviction. Then all of a sudden, guess what? You're going to cause them to go on a side tour, detour, and begin to, to find themselves thinking something is wrong for them. And then all of a sudden you could cause trauma, you could cause drama, you could cause uh, condemnation. You could cause uh, for them to be in to attract uh, things that, let's say, for example, they don't need to attract in their life. Uh, even according to wrong thinking, wrong theology, you know, um, opinions and ideas. And so then no wonder why we look at, us, at, at all of us and say, why are we so messed up? Because we believe everything we're told. And as we begin to think for ourselves, to know ourselves, we begin to have right and wrong thinking for us, not for a culture, not for people. That's why I'm not that kind of person that has to, you know, begin to fight for this law and fight for this thing. And because I'm, that's not who I am. I'm working on my own salvation, fear and trembling trying to be able to be the light of Jesus and the best way to be the light of Jesus is knowing my own boundary to live the light in its purest form through me 
according to how I can do it in a healthy way by knowing myself and knowing how to carry that thing out to look beautiful the way it should look. Right? That's what I'm called to do. Because I'm not a number in the body of Christ where God looks and says, okay, 10,000 people, hey, number six, come here. Number nine, come here. No, he knows me by name. He knows my authenticity. He knows my fingerprint. He knows everything about me. So therefore, if everything about me is original, shouldn't it be set up that everything of how I think should be original and what's right and wrong for me as an individual, right, should be authentic too and not be a robot to my parents or my preacher or everything else. I don't care. My preacher said this. My preacher said that. I don't care what your preacher said. I really don't because of the fact, I mean, I respect him and I love him because we should and we honor leadership and I hope everyone at the sound of my voice honors leadership because we should. It's the right thing to do. However, however, when you start speaking on behalf of someone else, you're showing me you don't know yourself nor do you know your own conviction, nor do you know your own boundary, which means you don't know yourself, which tells me you don't know what's attracting into your world, which I can guarantee you. If I were to take a good hard look at your life, guess what? You would have every which way but loose. You would have everything come in your, in your life, good, bad, and ugly, and you'd wake up every day thinking, oh my gosh, what is happening today? Why is life just bringing me all these bad things? And I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't know why. Because you allow people to impregnate you with their ideologies and their opinions, and then you begin to get it into a, a belief system that wasn't your belief system to begin with, right? And so you want to be able to look at your life and say, yes, I respect people's opinions. Yes, I honor leadership. Yes, I respect so many people and everybody we should respect. However, I, I need to get to know myself and know what's right for me and what's wrong for me. And unfortunately, you will always have people in there in, in your life who will always cross that line, you know, cross the border of, of your my imagination and then want to uh, um, work it out to where you become their robot. You become their protege. You become what they want you to be in order to make them happy, right? And so you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful to realize, hey, if somebody truly loves me, they will respect me and they will respect my boundaries and they will honor what road I'm on in my life. They'll honor my destiny. It doesn't mean they have to understand it because let's just face it. Some people don't, didn't understand my journey. Man, you're called, you're called to be an author. Really? You're called to travel the world. Really? You're called to do prophetic words really so guess what I honored them and said I so respect your opinion and I'm so honored you have an opinion but unfortunately I have a higher call upon my life because God gave me a call and not everybody's gonna understand my vision so I can bless people and some people you got a blessing maybe keep in your life if they're honoring that by even not in not understanding it while other people don't want to honor it because they don't understand then some people you just got to let go right but always choose people who see you and respect you for who you are and your boundaries and then honor the fact that they might not understand, but they're 100% for you and, and they wish that you would have a great successful life in the destiny that God's given you and the high call of Christ Jesus. And they honor that and they want to celebrate you as you celebrate life, right? Those are the people you want in your life. So does attraction really happen according to really what people speak to us, preach to us, teach to us? And, and given their, give us their opinions. Absolutely it does. It affects it in every way. So I love this scripture because I wanted to close with this today. Know yourself. Know what's real for you. Know what's right for you. Know what's wrong for you. Know who you are. Know what makes you tick, uh, you know, what, like, a, like, a, you know, let, like turn you on. Know what, know what actually turns you off and know what, how far to go. 
and know how far not to go. Know what you like and you desire. Know what is healthy for you that would work for you for many years to come. And also know what's good for you and what's bad for you that you never need to incorporate into your life, right? Because you've been there, done that, and you got the t-shirt and it's got holes all in it because you like it never worked for me and it, it messed me up, right? So know that part of your life. And when you do, at the end of the day, you'll say, you know what? You're right, Jeremy. What's sin to someone might not be sinful for me. And what's wrong for, for what's right for them could be wrong for me. And when you begin to understand that principle, you begin to have respect for all people and you begin to love all people. Whether you understand them or they don't adhere towards your convictions upon their own life, you're like, I'm glad you don't. Because that's why I love you as my friend. Because you don't live your life according to how I live my life. That's what makes me love you the most. Because you found yourself. And if, if you find yourself and I find myself, we're going to become great friends. Because knowing thyself means I can know and love myself. But it means I can love my neighbor as I love myself. I will, I will attract good things into my life. And I can help other people by showing them the light and the fruit that I can bear forth by living out my own conviction through my own boundaries. And I can truly begin to live, live as a light and glorify God in heaven. It's a beautiful story here. And if you want to be able to see the, uh, you know, life half full, the glass half full, go for it. If you choose to see a glass half empty, you know what? Just understand that when you do, there's going to be a lot of things in your life that's going to come to you that you won't understand. But if you see life from the point of let's just love people, you know, not a hold hands, kumbaya, singing Kool-Aid, right? But yet understanding that if we just love people where they are and just live our conviction out without even opening our mouths, then it gives the open door for the Holy Spirit to say to somebody else, hey, you know what? This has been a plague for you. This has been bothering you. You've been addicted to this for so long. And so watch their light shine because this, you know, this light you see is authentic because it, because they issue the same thing. And, and all of a sudden, God set them free. And they begin to attract good things into their life. And they begin to live in happiness and fulfillment because it bothered them as well. And so the Holy Spirit can speak that to somebody else if it is wrong for them as well. But it's not your place to do that. It's not my place to do that. It's not my place to prophesy to people and say, the Lord says, this is wrong for you. And in the back of my mind, I ask myself the question. It's funny because God just told me last year it was wrong for me too. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's not right to do that to people. Preach Christ and Him crucified is what the scripture says. Know what's right for you and what's wrong for you and live that out loud and let your light be as pure as it possibly can be. Let it be as pure and as white as ever. And when you're talking about people know, know the Lord by the fruit that you bear forth and the love you have one for another, then that fruit is what you're attracting. Think about that. Most people talk about a law of attraction. Think about that. That the Bible says you'll know them by the fruit, the fruit they bear. You know what all that says? You know what fruit is really? All fruit is, is there's proof in the pudding. It just shows there's proof of what I believe worked for me. That's pretty much what it means. That you can see my proof of what I knew was real for me and that it worked for me. And here's the proof in the fruit. Wouldn't that mean more to people to even find them own, their own selves, their own conviction, and their own power of their boundaries more than us shoving it down their throat when maybe they're not ready for it or they may never be ready for it or maybe it's not even for them. Maybe it really was just for me. So food for thought today. Keep all this you know, in your mind and just let it go over and over in your mind and just 
learn from God's word because it's here to help us and not harm us and know what you are attracting into your life and know that why you are attracting this into your life because I fell in love with me and I found me and if I find me and fall in love with me then I know I can love other people and I know then I know my boundaries right so thank you for joining me today I, I really appreciate that I love all of our listening audience we've got them from Taiwan to China to my goodness Oregon to Florida to California to New York to Europe my goodness we have them in Ireland hello Ireland shout out to Ireland we got so many great subscribers and clients in Ireland and Switzerland uh, one of my homelands I call it because I've been there so many times with my school of the prophets course and stuff there and Germany and so many others in Mexico and we don't want to forget our Hispanic nations because they are amazing and so we love all these people that are listening to the, to our to our podcast daily and and as we close just remember this if you don't like your life if your day is going bad i have great news for you change your thoughts and it will change your day and then ultimately change your life god bless this has been the thoughts become things podcast with jeremy lopez helping you reach your highest creative potential that god has for you for more episodes, products, and information on Jeremy, visit www.identitynetwork.net.